This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. It is indeed the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. You don't hate this effing place. You love being here, or at least you've tolerated being here. Maybe you're just sampling for the first time in recent days. I, I am Dan McNeil, and I do the Bet Rivers Podcast twice a week invariably Mondays and then uh, usually Thursdays. I wanted to get to you earlier. Then Thursday this week, hope you're not taken uh, too off guard by that. A surprise Wednesday show. And no, there was no trade. And Connor Bedard didn't say he doesn't want to play for the Hawks because Jonathan Taves didn't stand up to management 13 years ago. That's not the case. I'm jacked about White Sox fever. That's why I'm here a day early, because I'm buying in to what Gavin Sheets is selling after their big win. Last night at uh, what I want to call U.S. Cellular Field, the rate in uh, Scott Merkin language. He covers the White Sox for MLB.com, and he's a must-follow if you have to have White Sox news. If you need updates on what Tim Anderson is doing uh, today to further the legacy of Jackie Roosevelt Robinson, then you want to follow Scott Merkin. Here's where I'm at on Tim Anderson and the crap that happened over the weekend and what he may or may not have said to his former teammate, Jose Abreu, first baseman for the Houston Astros. I effing hate this place, or I I hate this effing place, whichever. And I've got to say effing just because it's going to be used so frequently. I don't want to shock people, and I certainly don't want to alarm you with vulgarity. Vulgarity, it was once said, is the act of a feeble mind trying to express itself forcefully. Somebody once said that. Somebody famous, although I don't know who. Um, maybe it was Lou Pinella. Uh, I don't know. What would Lou Pinella do with Tim Anderson? So Tim Anderson uh, is on first base, and he, he whispers something in disgust after he was booed by White Sox fans. And if he does hate the place, who can blame him? They're a lousy, lousy organization, frankly, and they don't fill the ballpark, and Sox fans are dysfunctional. And I'm not saying they, the team doesn't deserve to be booed this year, but I can't throw rocks at Tim Anderson for not loving being a part of the White Sox because it's it's Reinsdorfian. It's not a good organization to work for, just like the Bulls. They're not a good organization for which to work. But Anderson, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel he has the credibility in Chicago uh, he, he started to when he had a ma- magnificent year in 2019. 
he led baseball in batting average with a 335 clip that year. And that's, it was a crazy good year, but amidst his greatest year, uh, production wise, were comments made about where he fits in the game today, not so much as a player where he ranks against other AL shortstops or this or that, is what he's trying to do for the game. And he made the mistake of of referring to himself as a modern-day Jackie Robinson. He wanted to be the guy who left a lasting legacy by helping the league embrace individualism rather than, you know, stick with old school customs. And he said in an interview with Sports Illustrated writer Stephanie Abstein, I want to knock down MLB's have fun barrier. I kind of feel like today's Jackie Robinson. That's huge to say, but it's cool. He thinks things like bat flips, Things like trash talking, the way you dress off the field relates to individualism and is good for the game, a game that has waned in popularity over the last 20 years. And Anderson, pardon me, I uh, knocked the mic stand for a second there as I shuffle some notes. I'm not, I, I wasn't cool with what he said at the time because I think likening yourself to Jackie Robinson, who went through hell as baseball's first black player in the late 1940s. Uh, 1940s are radically different than anything in the 21st century, regardless of your ethnicity, your religion, your sexual orientation, whatever you're talking about. It is a radically different time, and one is is really risking ridicule when he likens himself to a civil rights activist who was the first to get bloodied. The first over the wall always incurs the most punishment. And Robinson did, and those who followed him, Satchel Paige and Ernie Banks, guys who played in the Negro Leagues. It was a very different effing time in that place, Tim. And I I understand why other players in the league, Josh Donaldson of the Yankees most notably, that season teased Anderson about it. And Anderson pushed back against against the Yankees. And there was a bench-clearing brawl in a game between the White Sox and the Yankees that season, as typically is the case. Nobody got hurt, um, as, as was the case in other games. Uh, the bat flip game, April of 19, which brought national attention onto Anderson, was when he got plunked on the very next at bat by by Royals pitcher Brad Keller, and benches cleared and nobody gets hurt. They're, they're baseball fights. During that argument, Anderson admitted to the SI scribe, Stephanie Abstein, he called Keller the N-word. Major League Baseball slapped Keller with a five-game suspension for hitting Anderson. Anderson got a one-game sit-down for his conduct. His conduct was to use the N-word. He admitted to using the N-word. To me, that's not an acceptable word out of the mouth of anybody, regardless of color. That's a word that it took decades for white men to impress upon their children you don't say it's disrespectful it's riddled with hatred don't say that word took a long time and then it reemerged in culture 
and there are those of the mindset, it's okay for black men to say it. It means something different. I I wrestle with that. It's it's one of those words for me that invariably is ugly. Just as the F word, and I'm not saying F is the the way Anderson said he hates this F in place. The other F word is is not acceptable, and I I think we need to accept that regardless of our color, regardless of our sexual orientation. I, I just I struggle with the conflict of it. I I don't believe you can have it both ways here. And, and I'm okay with you taking the other side, provided there isn't a ton of contemptuous thought behind it, because my aim is true when I say what I'm saying. I don't want to hear anyone say the N-word, ever. I, I, I have no tolerance for it, whether it's Tim Anderson or some guy with a Confederate flag on the back of his pickup truck. It's not a word that I want to hear. Said Anderson in 19, I'm bringing something to baseball that's never been brought as far as the swag. I love fashion and just being different and bringing back culture to baseball and doing it in a different way because today's game is boring. Let me pick apart some of that quote. And again, this is four years old. This is not the weekend series against the Astros, but this is part of Anderson's history. I'm bringing something back to baseball that's never been brought as far as the swag. First of all, swag is now used as an abbreviated word for swagger, and it's related to fashion rather than disposition, which I quarrel with as well. But I'm going to accept that this is up to swag, swagger, as far as swagger. He loves fashion. He likes being different. He's not the first. Are you effing kidding me? Reggie Jackson didn't make a fashion statement with the A's riding down the streets of Oakland in a sleeveless leather on his Harley raising hell or guys in the mod era in the, the late sixties or anybody else. I mean, you're not the first to wear flashy clothes. You won't be the last. And it's not something people give a shit about when they're watching the game. The game is what's become boring. It's too much time between pitches until this year in a pitch clock. And if a guy is bitching about the game being boring, he certainly can't turn around when the pitch clock is deployed in this season and then bitch about the pitch clock if that was his problem. Even though it technically wasn't a pitch clock violation the other day that started this nonsense. It was the the hitter not being set before or the pitcher being set before the hitter was ready. That was part of arguments here, and it's just the game is boring because it takes too long. It's not boring because guys don't wear cool clothes. And as far as the bat flip goes, if that's what's going to bring people back to baseball, then baseball is in worse effing shape than I thought it was. I I don't inc- I, I don't condone the pitcher who hit him in the next at bat after the bat flip against the Royals. I'm not going to say, you know, that's okay for Keller to hit him. That's bad sportsmanship. You don't like him jacking you the previous at bat or the bat flip, then throw it by the MFR. You don't like it. Beat him. Is it showboat? Is it, is it showing up your opponent to bat flip? Yeah, but so what? So what? 
Some people find that fun. Others don't. It's harmless. Really, isn't it a bad flip? Isn't spiking the football harmless? The NFL has added fun. You can do the bowling pin thing like the Vikings did a few years ago. Has that brought more interest to the NFL? Has, and guys complain about that. Old guys, get off my lawn. I don't like the color of blue with the sky today. I, I, I want to bitch about this or that. It's part of NFL, and it's it's part of baseball, the bat flip, but the unwritten rules that Anderson wants undone. I, I don't see the mentality of these guys budging very much at all, whether it's baseball players and their unwritten rules about showing guys up with bat flips or the slower-than-hell jog around the bases after a big dong. I... It's not what brings me to the game. When the game is played at a high level, that brings me to the game, and that's what White Sox fans have been waiting for for this team consistently. And are you on board with the chirp last night after a big win uh, against another shitty team, by the way? The White Sox get Gavin Sheets to blast a three-run homer, and he says, we're not out of this thing yet. We are not done yet. Not dead yet, Ralph Covert and the bad examples. And they're not 13 games below 500. That sucks. You know, that's a, that's a big hole they've dug, but, uh, sheets last night says they got the talent in that room to overcome it. Yeah. If Lance Lynn pitches regularly, like he did Tuesday night, he was terrific. What did he throw? 72 pitches through seven innings. Not likely the fleshy one will repeat those, those numbers. Um, I'll believe it when I see it over a long stretch, but the Tim Anderson comments the other day, whether he said it or not, based on how much stir he has caused and how how explosive his temper is, he's put himself in front of the team a number of times. He's been injected for an, he was injected a month ago. I just described it when he was yelling at the umpire, yelling at the pitcher who was set before he was ready in the box. And then there's the, the, the incident, several incidents along the way with umpires yelling at players, Josh Donaldson. And he had the support in the 19th season of Tony LaRussa. LaRussa called Donaldson a racist. I don't know if he is or isn't, but by Donaldson calling Anderson, Jackie Anderson had that coming. You said you thought, saw yourself as the Jackie Robinson of this era for a dangerous move, lots of reasons, but you're going to have to wear that. If you're the one saying you're the Jackie Robinson of today, you got to take that. And he had the support of Liam Hendricks. He also had Yasmani Granda. Hey, how about Yaz last night with three hits? Oof. Break up the White Sox. I don't believe what Donaldson said was racist. I don't know if he is or isn't, and I don't care. All I know is you can't have it both ways. You can't hate the pitch clock and then say baseball is boring in, in reverse order. You can't call yourself Jackie Robinson and not, not be able to hear Jackie as a, as a joke, as someone poking fun at you. Man. This White Sox team is hard to like.
even the good players. And that's not been the case with Anderson. What's he hitting 263 this year? His OBP is not good either. But they're only 13 games below 500. Hey, let me remind you of a White Sox team that was awesome the second half of a season after a shit fest in the first half. This is the 83 White Sox. 40 years ago, the White Sox opened the year 13 and 18. 40 years ago today, Sockos, five games below 500. They won 99 games that season and finished 20 games ahead of the Royals in the old AL West. They fell eight games below the 500 mark by the end of the month. May 26th of 83, Sox were eight games under. These White Sox going to better even that turnaround? We'll see if Gavin Sheets' prediction comes to fruition. Uh, Good news on the White Sox is Luis Roberts. He homered again last night. That's four straight games for Luis Roberts to jack one. And if he homers tonight against Jason Battenfield, love is a Battenfield. He will become the eighth player in White Sox history to hit home runs in five consecutive games. Who was the last guy of the seven who've hit five in five straight games? A.J. Pruszynski did it 11 seasons ago. My guy Ron Kittle did it in 83, that year when the White Sox were eight games below 500 at the end of May and won the division by a record number of games. Kitty Cat en route to his MV or uh, rookie of the year season. Of 83. Frank Thomas not only did it for the White Sox, he did it for the Athletics, who are no longer the Athletics very soon. Well, maybe they'll be the Athletics, but they'll be they'll be somewhere else. Uh so that that's good. Luis Robert, sorry, Robert Jr. getting the job done. And uh he's been one of the rare bright spots on this team offensively. Maybe they're not dead yet, but uh God, they're not easy to root for. And I wish Tim Anderson would let his glove and his base running. You see him overslide the base recently. I wish he would let that do the talking instead of talking about fashion and individualism. People watch you regularly. People will watch you more and even go to the rate if you win consistently. He's likely ignorant to the history of the White Sox. He likely is not aware that this has been a team with one exception in my lifetime, and I'm going to be 62 at the end of August. One exception where a roster wasn't constructed around just thumpers, and that was the 0-5 team. 59, the go-go Sox. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't even a zygote. In 59. I like to throw that one around every year. It makes me sound smarter than I am because I am a, a smart, dumb guy, really, at the uh, at the end of the day. I have a Cubs, I'm sorry, a Bears list, an NFL quarterback list. I want to go over with you. I'm only going to spend about five minutes on it, but it's where our guy fits in. Biggest conversation I heard the other day didn't agree with me. Justin Fields is up next.
I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week, typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. The other day, I'm listening to ESPN 1000, and uh, Shay, the producer of the Cap and Hoodie Show, is asking the questions on the shot or no shot segment, and he proposed this. He says, Justin Fields becomes a top 10 quarterback this season, shot or no shot, and very quickly, the answer was no shot, and I think there are reasons to respond very quickly and say no shot. When you look at where Fields ranked last year with other passers in the league, completing 59.5% of his – yeah, as a a passer, I understand why you would say no shot, not a top-10 quarterback, but hang on a second. They've got him the help you said all of last year he didn't have. Chicago is in love with DJ Moore. Absolutely worth trading that one for DJ Moore. Got to get him in here. I'm more excited about the dude they got from Pittsburgh, Chase Claypool. I think I, I think he he should be as important to the Bears' offense as DJ Moore. He's a great red zone target, and he's got good speed, and he hasn't done what they expected him to do since about an eight or ten game stretch in his rookie season with the Steelers been a while since he's played with the Tim Anderson swag that uh, that merits a first round draft pick. So I started to think about all of the optimism for these bears coupled with some quarterbacks now falling out of the top 10. Can you say Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Tom Brady no longer is around in case you haven't heard. So why no shot? Why, why no shot on the greatest running quarterback in the NFL to not be a top 10 player this year at his position? Okay. There are a few obvious reasons. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson are the first five reasons. I'd be stunned if fields were able to leapfrog any of those guys. In fact, I'll buy you lunch. For Well, I I don't want to make any promises because who knows how many people might be listening to this podcast, especially in Tinley Park. We're huge in Tinley. Shout out to you, Tinleyans. Hope to see you at the uh, New World Music Theater or the Tweeter Center sometime soon. When are the B-52s coming? Here is the rest of the top 10 as I see it coming into the 23 season. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Matthew Stafford. If Stafford is around, Deshaun Watson probably should be in the top 10. Will he be? I don't know. $230 million, a lot of reasons to just get massages and not work. Will Kenny Pickett of the Steelers in his second year be a top 10 guy? I mean, what's the competition for the bottom of that list? You're going to tell me you're that afraid of Justin Fields, the passer, he can't be a better quarterback than Rodgers or Derek Carr or Russell frickin' Wilson this year? Andy Dalton, is he a better quarterback? Do you think he's going to have better numbers this season than Fields will? Let me do the list again. 
Tell me who I'm missing here. Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Allen, Jackson. One through five. In that order, in my world. The rest of the top ten you can put in any way you want. Prescott, Cousins, Goff, G. Smith, Watson, Rodgers maybe. And then on the periphery, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton. Bryce Young going to just do it in year one? You ready to say that? Oh, yeah, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, he's a top-ten quarterback, but Justin Fields isn't. I don't accept that. I say shot. If if Justin Fields doesn't have a shot to be a top-ten quarterback this year, then what the hell is all the fuss about? This is year three. Very early last season, there was a fear in Chicago. Oh, my God, they're going to lose Luke Getze after this year. And now we're saying, with help, with a better offensive line, it, it should be better, right? You got the the left tackle who's got a year experience, despite being a fifth round pick out of a no nothing school, and you drafted a tackle from a big time program to play the right side this year. The O line has got to be better; it has to be, and your receivers are better. Is your backfield better? Not so sure, but you're you're better than you were a year ago. And your quarterback led the league in rushing for guys at his position, came very close to setting a league record, and just changed his games as a runner. You don't want him to do that all the time. It's not sustainable to win a championship or even a division doing it that way, and he admitted as much late in the season if you were listening to what Fields was saying. He is a top 10 possibility. If if Fields is not a top 10 possibility, then so many people who have crowned this guy as the Messiah anointed him, I should, you know, they're just flat out wrong if they then turn around and say, no, he can't be a top 10. What's so freaking impressive about the back end of that top 10 where your first round draft pick in his third year can't get there now that you've made the team better around him? You're really afraid of Derek frickin' Carr? Man, there was some bad quarterbacking in the NFL this year. You saw it all over the place. Unfortunately for the Bears, two of the top 10-ish guys are in the division still, in Cousins and the great Jared Goff. Now, there's another one. If Jared Goff pissed his pants in this year's version of Dan Campbell's Detroit Lions, would it shock you? No, you've seen him as a bed shitter before. Jared Goff's posted some horrible NFL seasons. You you think he's a lock to be a better player than Justin Fields this year? I don't. I don't. If if he is, if there's 12, 15 guys on your list who you say Fields can't touch, then quit telling me the Bears are close to being a Super Bowl team or even a divisional champion team, if your guy isn't top 10. Come on, man. He's got to be a top 10 possibility, or there's been a lot of breath wasted and a lot of superlatives thrown around unnecessarily. Jordan Love of the Packers is a favorite, a slight favorite at Bet Rivers um, for week one. Bears at home, 325 kick against Green Bay, and Fields is a dog. Get him now while the odds makers still think no shot on Justin Fields. Get the Bears now while they're getting a deuce. I think I'll do that today.
get busy on my NFL wagering while following the Ten Commandments, of course, except when I'm not. And uh, just a refresher real quickly, I want to wrap up. The end of the Bears schedule this year is so goddamn tasty. You got Detroit in week 14, and that's at home, followed by a date at Cleveland. Say what you will about their pass rushers. Deshaun Watson should be a top 10 quarterback. Will he be? I don't know. They can beat Cleveland on the road in week 15. That doesn't scare me, and it shouldn't scare you. Arizona at home. Kyler Murray, no Kyler Murray. Who gives a damn? They should win that game in week 16. 325 start. Atlanta on New Year's Eve. Atlanta. Atlanta's quarterback quit with six weeks to go last year. And they were among the only teams that were as bad at the quarterback position as the Bears are. (laughs) Or were, I should say. Not this year, because I got Fields as a possibility as a top ten. Then they close at Green Bay. Who knows what Green Bay is going to look like uh, at the end of the season in Week 18. Detroit, Cleveland, Arizona, Atlanta, Green Bay. Bears, Bears should win three of those last five. Maybe even run the table. Optimism. Hey, I got no dog in this uh, in this fight just yet. I I am wanting to come back and reapply for my Bears fan club fan club card, but I need to see a little bit more from uh, from Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, and especially Matt Eberflus. Want to see him develop some defensive players while Tim Anderson is doing those amazing things with his swag. Adam Delavitt is Baby Capone. He's the man at Bet Rivers. And uh, I am assisted ably. My producer is Sam Michael. Thank you so very much for listening. Who knows when you may catch me uh, next. Please tell your friends about the Danny Mac podcast and how easy it is to subscribe to it. That way you don't have to go searching for it, Um, especially those who are challenged, shall we say, with modern day technology. It's not that hard. That's why I repost on Twitter and on Facebook because all you have to do is press play. But it's easier if they subscribe. And I thank all of you Tinlians for being so loyal and making making your Berg the number one place for the Danny Mac podcast. Can't wait to see you at the music venue sometime this summer. I'll have to check out the schedule and let you know which dates are most likely uh, for me to buy you a beer if you're a Danny Mac podcast customer. Thank you for listening. I'll be back very, very soon. In the meantime, take care. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.